0: Welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. This is episode 159 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the underground king, Serge Vicente, and we have an amazing show for you guys today. Yes, it's a little later in the week. Yes. I was out of town, but it doesn't matter. We're still here to bring you all that fire content. And on today's menu, we will absolutely have the weekend recap as well as five rounds of fight news. I want to do a little mix and matching since it is a little later in the week. But in today's menu. UFC 244 recap. I'm going to talk about that BMF title. Are you guys tired of saying BMF title? I hear a lot of people being upset about it, man, but we're going to talk about the BMF, Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, and the rest of the card. We're going to talk about that and everything that happened this past week. Um, The week was crazy, so we're talking about all that. Um, canelo alvarez got a big win this weekend is he the pound for pound number one boxer in the game i'll make that case for him today we'll also talk about who is this year's mma fighter of the year we'll talk about romero we'll talk about john jones we'll talk about so much more all on this episode 159 of the fight podcast man um each and every week we're brought to you guys by our sponsor we got to give them some love that is sage eats chicago check out sage eats healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats today at sageeatschicago.com. apply promo code fight for 10 percent off of your first three months check them out everywhere um so on social media at sage eats chicago check them out Uh, and uh, like i said follow man it's a great company um they'll take care of you even if you are not in chicago they offer fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation so check out sage eats today apply promo code fight for 10 percent off your first three months while we're giving shameless plugs Absolutely gotta talk about the show, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. You know, I'm talking about the fight podcast. Listen, subscribe, download, rate, tell all your friends, everyone who's interested in combat, sports, and culture, let them know, man. We're everywhere. Podcasts are available. That is thefightpodcast.com. Continue communicating with me. I've had so much love um, on our social media at the fight podcast. Uh, my own page at Serge Vicente, and you guys have definitely been showing us some love at the website, so check them out also www.thefypodcast.com. All right, now that I've gotten all that out the way, I hope you guys had an amazing week. We're chilling here in Chicago, and when I say chilling, I mean legit chilling. It is cold as shit, uh, <laughs> it's like 35, and um, it's a little change. Like I said, we're getting out here a later i was in la this past weekend uh obviously visiting my girlfriend who lives out there but we're also taking care of some business trying to bring you guys the best content as possible so i was out in la i was able to watch ufc 244 out there and uh yo it, it was it's always a great change of pace definitely going out there but you forget how the sun feels When you're living in Chicago during the fall, I thought, like, nothing else was happening. You go out there, fam, it is beautiful. 75 degrees all the time. I'm over here rocking. I have a hoodie on. I'm burning up. Uh, Gotta love L.A., man. And it's funny because I used to really hate the city. (laughs) But uh, the more time I spend there, man, um, like I said, I'm, I'm loving it more and more. The weather, bruh. I don't know, man. I, I guess the older I get, I can't deal with the weather here anymore, but I, I need that that nice weather. But being able to watch the fights out there is nice. You guys on the West Coast are spoiled. And I say that because on the East Coast and over here, we're getting these fights late, super late. And the fight cards, even the Canelo Kovala, fight, I were over by 9, 30, 10 o'clock, Oh, my God. Being able to have the rest of your evening to yourself, you know, uh, on a Saturday, still be able to kick it is so dope. So the fact that I was able to do that, enjoy the fights, watch the Canelo fight afterwards, and it was still like relatively early. I got to love that, man. But all in all, this weekend, yeah, so many amazing fights. Uh, UFC 244. Uh, the bad motherfucker title. It was funny listening to that. They really couldn't say bad motherfucker. They were online pretty much. This is the bad MF John Anik even like had to catch himself throughout the time uh, catching it. The bad MF fight that had me personally cracking up. Um, uh, But all in all, the entire card produced a lot of finishes. I think at one point in time, there was five finishes in a row Um, the the main event, in my opinion, yes, it was a little anticlimactic um, with the doctor stoppage to finish, but all in all, the event itself, Jorge Masvidal. And you know what? While we're at it, forget it. Let's just go ahead and jump into it since we have so much to jump into today. And we have to talk about again. I'm gonna start with the main event, and we're gonna go ahead and work our way down. UFC 244, Madison Square Garden um the bad motherfucker title Jorge Masvidal who has been an absolute tear after the entire 2018 off um, Nate Diaz, Nate the Great is back doing work. We've talked about it. And this upcoming week leading up to the fight, there was everything, all the pomp and circumstance. You had The Rock coming out uh, doing this thing. He announced this past week that he has, um, what's it called? He's he's doing the, the Mark Kerr story, uh, which I'm excited about, but I'm going to, yeah, we know it. I keep it a buck. Die Hard fans like myself people who've been involved in the sport for a long time we understand who mark kerr is gonna be and that is a, an incredible documentary if you haven't seen it he has an incredible story the rock portraying him in the future is gonna be great i'm gonna love it but let's come on don't nobody else know who the hell mark kerr is nobody know who mark coleman is So the fact that The Rock was doing that, so there was all this pop and circumstance. He was out there holding up the BMF belt, walked out there in the the straight shiny suit, Everything was an extra medium, and uh so we had all that going on. Darren Till. We didn't know if Darren Till in the Colman event because of his visa issues, if he was even going to be able to come over to compete. There was so Conor kind of McGregor is tweeting like crazy. So much was happening in MMA and everything leading up to this event. All of it to see, I mean the whole belt, the BMF belt was unveiled. I'm not going to stunt. I like it. I like it. The the all black and steel and slate look. The leather. It was $50,000 to make. It looks good. Black diamonds. You know what I'm saying? So the whole event, the belt be the, the rock you know you had the drama with with Kelvin Gastelum in the weigh-in and looking like he might have kind of chicken winged it to get a two pounds off all kinds of things were happening leading up to this event so it I mean shit let's start the, like, again even week before that not knowing if Nate Diaz was actually going to end up competing so this week there was so much building For this event in particular, especially when you think about it, this is a belt or an event between two fighters that the fans are the ones that enjoy. Let's not pretend like Nate Diaz is a legitimate contender at this point in time. Both men, yes, have headlined events, but specifically for Jorge, this is a new experience. And we're talking about a guy who's been in the game for 16 years. So two old school vets, this is not a legitimate belt on the line. All this was leading up to this event, the event itself. The fight starts. The fans are going crazy. The Rock walks the belt out, throws it over his head, throws it. If you you smell, you felt the energy in the building. And not only that, fam, Donald Trump was even there. (laughs) <laughs> now, let me let me take a, take a minute to pause and talk about Trumpito, okay? So, Agent Orange showed up at the event as whoever does not know, he and Dana White are friends. Uh, Dana White spoke at the Republican National Convention not too long ago, and they have an association specifically because Donald Trump's involvement in the UFC when the UFC started out. I've talked about it in the past, but Donald Trump really invested, helped out a lot in those early UFCs. UFC's when Zufa bought the company. Look, I don't like the dude, but obviously I appreciate that, right? Well, he shows up to the UFC event. This is a week after he got booed in DC at the Nationals Astros World Series event. So him coming to another forum, I'm thinking my man's probably was out there thinking, hey, MMA, these are my people. New York, this is my city. He probably thought Dana White's my friend. He probably thought he's going to go over there and get all of that same love that he craves. And it's funny because even afterwards, his kid and himself, they're like, oh, it felt like a Donald Trump rally because of all the people chanting USA, USA. Well, check it out. Fact check number 3000 or whatever the fuck. Joe Rogan comes out of this past Monday on his show and admitted to everyone that we thought 18,000 strong booed Donald Trump. That is two weeks back to back national huge events. This fan, this fool got booed out the building. So you have the drama with Donald Trump getting booed out of the building, um, which was nuts to see once again and again. For all those MAGA fans and everybody and Donald Trump. Guess what? I hate to say it like this. My man's not popular. He's not, regardless of what people are telling you, regardless of what he says, he's not popular. And people don't enjoy him. And this was just one of those other things, a reflection of regular people, MMA fans specifically, who a lot of times even lean, even though it was in New York, lean to the right. We're still booing the dude out of the stadium. It says a lot. It speaks volumes, but it built up the event that much more. So you have dude getting booed. Everything, the, the, the place is going crazy. They set it up. Diaz walks out. There's definitely a pop in the arena. Everybody's going nuts. Jorge comes out, pop in the, You look, dude, Roberto Duran. The great one, one of the original four horsemen, was out there. If you don't know, I'm talking about Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hitman, Hearns, and um, oh my god, bald head mustache, oh, why am I blanking? I feel like such an idiot, but you know what I'm talking about. Hagler, oh, I'm sorry, Marvelous Markham Hagler, oh, I apologize, but still, All those happening, he's coming out with Jorge, the fight begins. You guys already know how I feel, and I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this fight was about to get stopped in the first round. Yes, first round, 10-8, Masvidal. Second round, 10-8, Masvidal. Third round, still, I got it for Masvidal. If I get stopped because of a cut, the cut was sustained by Nate Diaz in the very first round. Looked like it was a, the ramifications from the cut that he received against Anthony Pettis a couple months ago. But regardless, again, people were pissed off, boo, booing the doctor. People were mad about it. Correa, just right away, it was like, yo, I'll give him a rematch, whatever. I'll be honest with you, and I'll be one of the first people to admit it. Let's go down the list. Let's let's legitimately look at the numbers of this fight. People, this was not a competitive fight. This is one dude who should be competing for a title against one dude who is not a contender. I hate to be honest with you. I'm a huge Nate Diaz fan. This wasn't even close. This wasn't even a match. And everybody's like, oh, Nate Diaz, fourth and fifth rounds. That's when he picks it up. What? What? What indicated? What what made you feel that way? Him absorbing all the shots with his face? Because it's Nate and we know Nate has a gas tank. Jorge has a gas tank, too. We've never seen Jorge finish in the UFC. We've never seen Jorge get tired in the UFC. So how can we possibly say that Nate Diaz was all of a sudden going to come through and have a wave and finish him? I have a better question. When have we seen Nate Diaz finish somebody in the fourth and fifth round? We haven't. We haven't at all. So the only thing that we can go on is this. We saw this fight, a three-round fight. We saw a, we saw a solid three-round ass-whooping. Look, 112 strikes, a takedown, rocked him, staggered his man, and dropped him. Staggered his man three times, dropped his man twice against 43, 43 strikes, zero takedowns, zero sub-attempts, everything. How, how can we give Nate Diaz the even the nudge? Nah, I appreciate his fan base. I appreciate the people who care about him, but at the end of the day, people... I know Jorge said he's going to give him a rematch. Yo, this is not rematch worthy. It's not. Um, I'm sorry to say, look, let's, let's go through the numbers. Legitimately go through the numbers. We got 112 strikes to 14, okay? Yeah, let's, let's pull it up. Pull it up on, on the young computer. How can we even attempt this to be a fight, man? So um, I'll be honest with you. And again, looking at the numbers, Masi lands 65% of his strikes, uh, 116 out of 184, lands, his take, lands a takedown, um, was dominant throughout. Every round, he landed more strikes, 35 strikes, 40 strikes, 42. Each round, it was becoming increasingly, increasingly violent. Also, look at this. Out of those shots, Jorge targeted. Look at the just the discipline going back and forth. He was targeting and moving around. Um, Half of his strikes, 69 percent of his strikes was to the head. But 25 percent of the strikes were to the body. He was putting dollars in the bank. He was landing these strikes and he was dominating every position. Everywhere that that fight took place, Jorge Masvidal dominated on the feet. He dominated on the ground. He dominated. This was this was a showcase. This to me, more than anything else, said that Jorge Masidal has arrived. But I'll tell you this. The stoppage was best case scenario for Nate Diaz. Serge, what are you talking about? How is this best case scenario? It's best case scenario because of this. Now, instead of getting finished, he has an excuse. His fans have an excuse. So he still has the allure and the, the title. I'm this badass dude. You can't get me out of here. We should do it again. Oh, he gets better in the fourth and fifth rounds. You Now we have that narrative because there was nothing finite after this. But take your time. Go back. Look at the fight again. I've watched it a couple times now. Bro, it wasn't a fight, man. Beautiful performance by Jorge Masvidal. Um, look, Diaz needed over 20 stitches. And at this point in time, even Dana White admitted, yeah, the stoppage was real. And you know what's crazy? And again, moving, talking about a little bit of fight news. The doctor who stopped the fight has been receiving death threats and things like that. People, people, we have to relax. The doctor stopped the fight for a reason. Okay, obviously we're not the ones getting punched in the face. Yes, we would have liked to see Nate continue, but let's, be, let's keep it a buck. My mans would have ended up getting finished. Now, Jorge Masvidal, what's next for this dude? Should it be a rematch? Hell no. He doesn't deserve one. He, de- he completely dominated Nate Diaz. Should it be... Conor McGregor. Conor's been chirping. If Conor comes back and wins in January against Cowboy or Justin Gaethje, would that be a fight that makes sense? No. Conor McGregor is a lightweight. He is much smaller and again, he has his own pretty much contenders he has to deal with. Jorge is a bigger dude even under his own admission and Dennis, he's just too much man for him. He is. He's way too much for, uh, for Conor McGregor. It's a payday, but he scuff dude and get him up out of there. So no, that's not the fight. The only fight that's here for Jorge Masvidal at this point in time is title shot or bust. It is what it is especially if Colby Covington wins. There is a storyline to that. They were best friends. They used to be roommates, and now they hate each other's fucking guts. That we can sell. Now, granted, I don't believe he's going to end up beating Kamaru Usman, the champion, but if he does, this is a storyline. This is what we will end up seeing. Um, For Diaz, again, no. He was totally outclassed, he doesn't deserve a rematch, Um, he needs to take time off, but I think a more realistic matchup for him in the future is the Trilogy at 155 against Conor McGregor. If Conor gets past his next opponent, win or lose, I think Conor ends up getting Nate Diaz. I think that fight will be a fight that, one, they can sell regardless if both of them are coming off a loss or coming off of a win. I can absolutely see that fight happening. All right. The rest of this card was entertaining, man. At one point in time, there was five finishes in a row, but I have to talk about my notables. First and foremost, let's talk about the co-main event. Good fight. A lot of people were talking shit, but it was a really, really good fight. Split decision win for Darren Till. Um, It, it really could have gone either way. People like Brendan Shabbs of the world were like, oh, this is definitely, you know, a Kelvin Gastelum, I mean, a Darren Till win. Look, it, it, it absolutely con- could have gone either way. Again, I know the numbers don't tell all the story, but let's look at the numbers a little bit. Kelvin Gastelum lands 40 out of 81 strikes. Darren Till, 36 out of 67. Close in percentage, close in number of strikes. Takedowns, Kelvin Gaston lands 1 out of 4. Darren Till, 1 out of 2. I mean, look at this. This is an extremely close fight. If we go uh, strikes by round, round by round. First round, 11 strikes to 7 for Kelvin. Second round, 14 strikes to 12 for Kelvin. Third round, 15 strikes to 17 for Till. So if we're strictly talking about strikes being landed... Again, Kelvin gets it, but the numbers don't tell the entire story. It did, at times, for the majority of the fight, and I did end up giving it to Darren Till. It seemed like Till was controlling the pace of the fight. He was controlling where the fight was taking place, and it really never seemed like Kelvin Gaslam really got off. Um, Darren Till landed a couple harder strikes, but... It was a very calculated, it was a very, you know, balanced approach. I wasn't mad at it. It was a good fight. Two top guys. It was really good to see Darren Till come back and do his thing, especially after the fight when you heard him and he even said it. My man said he was terrified. He said he's sitting in the back watching himself get knocked out by Jorge Masvidal 50 times. And then he's also watching the destruction and the knockdowns that Kelvin Gaslam is doing as well. I mean, dude, Kelvin Gaslam has been doing absolute fucking work over the last little bit, man. And and real quick, think about this, too. Look at this. A lot of people are talking about, you know, what's going on in Darren Till and Darren Till's career was he was pushed hard from the beginning. He was unbeaten in his first 18 fights. He ended up losing uh, two in a row woodley jorge masvidal he was the second biggest underdog on this card it was only plus at 185 but still he was an underdog he won in his ufc debut so now his ufc record is 5-2-1 and he has the second most wins amongst english ufc fighters since his debut in 2015 So, look, he is still the biggest name in British MMA at this point in time. And now that he's off the schneid, we can kind of see what he's going to do. But he's somebody that has the accolades. He has the following. Now, are they going to end up giving him a title shot? I don't know. I don't think they should. They might. They might, especially seeing how much they want him to get him to the top. But you might ruin him. Yes, he ended up beating Kelvin Gaslam, who has a fight of the year contender right now with Israel Adesanya, who is the current champion. But let's look at who's in line before him at this present moment in time. And these are the current UFC middleweight rankings. Number one, you have Robert Whittaker, the former champion. Number two, Polo Costa. He's out for eight months. Number three, Yoel Romero. Two losses in a row. Number four, Jared Cantoneer. Brand new in the mix. Number five, Darren Till. He's already the number five ranked guy. Does the number five ranked guy deserve a title shot? No. No, he does not. Give him somebody else. And then how about this? The winner of that fight, if anything, let's let's do this. Chael Sonnen actually brought this up and I thought it made a lot of sense. How about your well fights Darren too? Have that fight happen right in the beginning, right in January. The winner of that fight then fights for the title. That to me makes a little bit more sense. Then we have a definitive number one contender. Whoever wins that Paulo Costa will be back towards the end of next year. So that can be the second title defense or the first title shot for whomever the middleweight champion is at that point in time. So I think that's a smarter way to go about it. But if not, hmm, you might ruin the dude. So we'll see what ends up happening, man. Um, On this card, man, I also, I have to bring up. I have to bring up. Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee kicked off the, uh, the pay-per-view. He fought super, super, super tough dude in Gregor Gillespie. And, um, and I'm telling you this, man, undefeated guy, Kevin Lee coming off a couple wins needed this big, needed a win. And he did it emphatically. He goes out there and gets a second round head kick knockout against Gregor Gillespie. He looks like Kevin Lee again. He does. This is the guy that we expected to see. This is the guy that we expected when he fought against Tony Ferguson for that interim 55 title shot. If he continues here, if he stays over at uh, TriStar, we might be able to continue seeing the development of Kevin Lee. Even himself, which I appreciated that he said after the fight. He said, look, I don't want to talk about title shots right now. I don't. I don't deserve it. I need one more big win. Then I can talk about a title shot. If he sticks to that, if the UFC honors that, I can see him fighting for a title shot mid to late next year against Khabib. And that would be an entertaining fight. Two big guys for the weight class. Dogs when it comes to wrestling. And at the end of the day, I think it will be a very well-rounded strategic aka versus tri-star coaching um pretty much mixed I I would really enjoy that card man um who else got a big win on this weekend Steven Thompson Wonderboy beat Vicente Luque um great look like Wonderboy once again uh that actually ended up got the fight of the night great fight by the two of those guys Vicente Luque Got a chin. He was getting cracked. It wouldn't go anywhere, man. Great fight for both of them. Derek Lewis picks up a split decision win v- versus Blagoy Ivanov. Again, great win by Derek Lewis. Split decision. His cardio looks better. He looks in better shape. Um, if he continues getting in better shape and working on his weight management, he can again be a legitimate title contender. So we'll see what happens there. Also on this card, Corey Anderson. Pretty much dethrones and gets Johnny Walker up out of here. Check this out. Significant strikes. 22 significant strikes to only one. He gets the first round knockout of the hype train Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker came in dancing and moving with his mohawk, talking all kinds of trash. And he got dealt with. Ugh. Corey uh, goes out there, absolutely destroys um uh destroys uh Johnny Walker. And now people are asking this: does at 205 Corey Anderson deserve a title shot or does Dom Reyes get it? Now I thought I thought about this pretty much long and hard, and I'm thinking about this. Dom Reyes six five win streak right now, Corey Anderson four fight winning streak. This is the first time that we've seen Corey talking trash, being a little bit. He talking spicy. This is the first time we've been able to see him really get his thing going, right? John Jones isn't really paying attention to him. Even John Jones put out a tweet. Hey, I'm giving it to Don Reyes. He's the more violent guy. He's the more dangerous fighter. So we're giving it to him. I don't believe Corey Anderson is going to get it. I think uh, they're going to give it to Don Reyes, and then the winner of that fight, uh, Corey Anderson, will get there. So, all in all, man, it was good to see Corey Anderson go out there and do his thing. Um, all in all, man, great weekend, uh, great fights. Um, on uh, this one, the UFC did their thing. The belt was beautiful, and yes, it was a weird stoppage fight. Um, and again, in UFC history. This legitimately was only the fifth. This was the fifth doctor stoppage in a main event in UFC history. We had Masvidal versus Diaz, obviously UFC 244. Before this, it was Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega, which everybody agreed with because of the, just the onslaught of punishment, which I thoroughly believe would have happened against Masvidal and Diaz. After that, you have BJ Penn, Diego Sanchez. If you don't remember that, that was a nasty head kick um, that he caught on dude and his eyebrow was hanging all the way off. And then you had Randy Couture, Vitor Belfort, UFC 249. And then you also had Vitor Belfort defeating Randy Couture in UFC 246. So those are the only stoppage finishes by doctor in UFC um, main event history. So think about it. it. This was not a This doesn't happen. So for it to happen by Dr. Stoppage, yes, it was in New York, where they're a little bit more tight on certain things. But at the end of the day, it was warranted. That fight would have got stopped regardless. Jorge Masvidal is the man at 170 and the baddest motherfucker out. All right, speaking of bad motherfuckers, Canelo Alvarez KO's The middleweight, the light heavyweight champion moves up to weight classes, ends up beating Sergei Kovalev um, via just nasty knockout in the 11th. Um, I will be honest with you. At the time of the stoppage, I had Kovalev winning by two rounds. At the time of the stoppage, I thought this was a pretty boring fight. It felt like a sparring contest. But when the fight actually stopped, yo, it was vicious. And it got me thinking Canelo Alvarez moves up. And at this point in time, listen to this. In the last 14 months, Canelo Alvarez has won the junior middleweight title, the middleweight title, the super middleweight title, and now the light heavyweight title. And that is all within the last 14 months. When you go back and you look at his resume, Triple G, Danny Jacobs, Kovalev, Koto, Lada, Rocky Fielding, Amir Khan, James Kirkland, Austin Trout, Angulo. All those names are better than anybody that anybody else in the top five, top ten have on their resume of wins. Canelo Alvarez is the number one pound for pound boxer in the world. Number one, pound for pound. I had him for number three for a little bit. We keep talking about this eye test bullshit. And I'm going to be honest with you. The eye test is trash if those guys aren't fighting anybody. That's why I don't give any love to Tank Davis. That's why I can't give that much love to Terrence Crawford. I can't. I can't. If you're not fighting anybody, I can't put you there. That's why I have Errol Spence over Terrence Crawford. He's beaten better guys. And that's why I have Canelo Alvarez over everybody. He's beaten better guys. Yes. If we look at it, can some of those fights go in different ways? Yes. I had Lada beating Canelo. I had that Cotto fight very close. Could have gone either way. I definitely, the first Triple G fight, had Canelo winning that fight. Or should I say Triple G winning that fight? So realistically, in my opinion, I got Canelo literally losing four fights. But he has still gotten in there and fought anybody and everybody. He's a dog. He's a savage. And at 175 pounds where he was supposed to be the smaller man, he was the bigger, more physical guy out there. Now, is he going to end up moving back and fighting the guys at 160? (sighs) You hear more about the way I feel about this in our next episode when I bring in our just our strictly boxing episode. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't think so. I think we might see him at 168. But as far as going back down to middleweight, you move up 15 pounds, yo, you can cancel Christmas. Triple G. Hey, guess What? Never seeing that fight again. Now, Jamal Charlo might eventually get that fight if he keeps knocking people's faces off. Because then the fans will give him a demand to see that. But until that happens, we won't see that fight. Um, But great win. Canelo moves his record to 53 wins, one loss, two draws. Dude is an absolute savage. Um, great weekend of fights, man. Um, Ryan uh Ryan, what's his name? Also got picked up a W. Um, but I'll be talking about boxing a little later on in the Week, All right. Uh, remember, guys, the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Um, Check out Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code fight for 10% off your first three months. Sage Eats helps you out even if you're not in Chicago. It is all good. They have fitness mentoring as well as nutrition consultation. Check out Sage Eats today. While you're at it, man, check out the Fight Podcast. Check us out everywhere podcasts are available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Um, Check us out, all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Check me out at Serge Vicente. And keep on communicating with us through our website, thefightpodcast.com, and through social media. I love all the comments that we're getting. I love the interactions. We will keep them going. All right. Continuing with our five rounds of fight news. Who is this year's Fighter of the Year in MMA. Is it the bad motherfucker title the champion Jorge Masvidal? or is it the middleweight king? the last style bender Israel Adesanya? Ooh, a lot of people have been asking about it, and even on Ariel Juani's show, which was really interesting, he put out a a couple different um polls a month apart one month he they asked the question and people thought the fight of the year was Adesanya this was after Adesanya's last fight and win it was 60 percent Adesanya he asked it again on Monday it was 60 percent Masvidal maybe we got to get some time to pass but I'm gonna pretty much bring up both guys over the year this year both men are three you know but Masvidal is the one with three finishes. Both men, a lot of knockdowns. Both men have been going back and forth. But when we really look at it, man, who is doing what? So check it out. Both guys, three and no. Jorge, four post-fight bonuses. Izzy, three of them. Knockdowns. Six knockdowns for Adesanya. Four knockdowns for Jorge Masvidal. Knockouts, three knockouts by Masvidal, one knockout by Adesanya. Yo, both guys have had an incredible year. Who's had the most impressive year? Man. All right, so these are two of my favorite fighters in the game, hands down, right? A lot of people are saying it, but if you've listened to the show for a while, I've been very high on both these guys for a very long time. Adesanya beating Darren Till, Ben Askren, Nate Diaz. Adesanya beating Anderson Silva, Kelvin Gastelum, the champ, um, Robert Whitaker. I guess you can give it to Adesanya because of he has the legitimate title. But I think about buzz and important and importance, you gotta give it to Jorge Masvidal. The biggest event of the year, they created a title specifically because of him and his opponent. You the biggest knockout, five second knockout. I mean the huge knockout there until fight of the year jorge masfida hands down um i i it's arguable if it went the other way i wouldn't be mad but i think jorge has done enough at this point in time to be not only the bmf title challenge their winner he is this year's fighter of the year (laughs) all right man um also which was interesting moving on in our five rounds of fighting news Dana White is back in the news and we have talked a lot, a lot about the possibility of Yoel fighting. That man is uh, since specifically because Polo Cosa is out. Dana White recently went on an interview and said this. Adasanya wants to fight Yoel Romero. He wants Yoel. So we're talking about giving Yoel a fight coming up here and then Adesanya will fight the winner of that. It makes sense. Dana says he doesn't believe he should get a title shot because of the losses, but if he gets a win, then he gets a title shot, which I think makes a lot of sense, which goes back to my earlier point where we could actually legitimately sit back and think about it and say, if Dana White, if Darren Till, if Yoel Romero fight, let's say that fight happens. The winner of that fight, I believe should get a title. Otherwise, again, do you want to have Yoel Romero fight Jared Cannonier? The winner of that fight fights for a title. Either way, somebody needs to fight that at that point in time. And we could end up having a title fight for Adesanya sometime around International Fight Week, which I think everybody will be chill with. So uh, I'm with Dana White again. I think that Yoel needs at least one more win. All right. And the last thing I want to talk about is this, because Dana White, not Dana White, I'm sorry, John Jones is back in the news. And he's been calling out a lot of people like he always does. But Ezra Adesanya is the man who finally responded back and shot back at John Jones. And this is what Izzy said about the possibility of them fighting in the very near future. He said this on the Ariel Hawaii MMA show. John Jones, man. See, this is my new belt at 185 pounds. This is Adesanya saying this. I'm the champ at the weight class. I have plans to clean out my division like he has done in his division, but he hasn't moved up in weight. I've done it in boxing, kickboxing, and I will do it in MMA eventually, but I want to clean out my division. If he wants to fight me right now, come see me at 185. Since he's the champ at his weight class, I will let him jump the queue. but let me do my work. And I already said in 2021, his coaches will see the growth and they will see me fight after fight after fight. And they will see I'm getting better every time. If we got to beat him, we got to beat him yesterday. And that is what Izzy says about John Jones. John and him have been going back and forth, but I agree. I definitely agree with Izzy. If John, you want to fight him, you got to go down. But since we both know that's not going to happen, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. We don't care. He did the right thing finally by calling out Dom Reyes. Now that the fight with Dom Reyes is probably going to happen sometime again, January, possibly that big fight card in January. If that happens, then and only then will I accept him talking trash about anybody else. This is kind of the same way I feel about Conor McGregor. I don't want to hear you talk about anybody until you're actually in here fighting. If you're not fighting anybody, the best thing, for instance, even Jorge said it. Yo, fam, what are you doing? You're out there talking trash. Unless you're in here actually fighting in a cage, I don't care what you have to say. Man, I love fights, yo. (laughs) Yo, it is in such an amazing fight weekend. Boxing, MMA. And one thing I want to talk about, and the last thing I want to talk about for our five rounds of fight news is this. The zone. The zone went out there and paused the fight for 90 minutes from their co-main event to their uh, main event so that the UFC BMF title can be played, and the fighters had to wait. What does this mean for both sports? What this means is this. UFC is king. I'm going to say it again. UFC is king. That is the biggest boxer in the world. The biggest boxer, the biggest name, the most famous boxer in the world. Played second fiddle to Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz in the UFC. Think about that. That was a terrible look for zone in boxing. You guys just got big brothered by the little brother. It was embarrassing to sit there and watch Canelo and they have all taped up, laying there, sitting, chilling. It was embarrassing to watch. It was. Now, as an MMA fan, I, I was giddy. This should crack me up. It was a bad look for boxing. It was a bad look for DAZN. Um, At the end of the day, look. You don't wait for anybody. Dana White wouldn't have waited for you. He never has. He never will. None of the other organizations will. And guess what? Boxing the zone, it looked bad. Uh, People have been talking trash. The boxing community is pissed. But at the end of the day, check it out, man. UFC and MMA is king. And it is what it is. And guess what? The underground king, myself, Serge Vicente says so, so it is what it is, man. <laughs> all right, yo, that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you guys as always for listening to the Fire Podcast, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. This has been episode 159. Thank you as always to our sponsor Sage Eats Chicago for showing us love. Check out Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. Check us out everywhere podcasts are available. Let everybody know about the greatest show in the world. That is... On iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out everywhere on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Check me out at Serge Vicente, the underground king. We are here for you guys. I love you. This has been episode 159. I'll see you guys next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Deuces!